cloudy and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Jeff Smith. More changes ahead this week for travelers. Global's Michael King has more. Last week, we saw Ottawa suspend randomized COVID-19 testing. The Canadian Airports Council says wait times there and tarmac delays for arriving flights at large airports approved immediately after that move. Tomorrow, another change with vaccine requirements no longer in place for people traveling by plane or train. Now, the mandate had been in place since October 30th for anyone over the age of 12. The federal government says the decision to suspend the vaccine mandate was made because of the improvement to key indicators, including modeling and high levels of vaccination. Officials say we could also see this reversed if cases start to climb once again. One piece of policy that will remain in place is the ArriveCan app, which is still mandatory for all travelers coming into Canada. And foreign nationals will still need to be vaccinated to cross the border unless they're exempt. Murder charge laid in Castle Ridge death. That's ahead, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm flying over in the southwest looking at Bow Trail just east of Sarcee Trail where normally you do have your left lane closed in both directions on Bow Trail but this morning those pylons are moved off to the side. This is going to be going on until the end of June. The Michael Hill sale is on now. Find your special something and enjoy great savings. Ends this Sunday. Hurry to Michael Hill. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. A man is now charged with first-degree murder after the body of a woman was found in Castle Ridge Friday morning. She's been identified as 25-year-old Autumn Levi Crosschild. Calgary police say her body was found in a home on Castle Ridge Drive Northeast after police were called for reports of a person in medical distress. 24-year-old Brandon Nolan Yellowfly will be in court Wednesday. Police say this is the city's 15th homicide this year. Three people are in custody after a drive-by shooting last night in Falcon Ridge. It happened around 7.40. Calgary police say shots were fired from a vehicle at a home on Falcon Close Northeast. Nobody was hurt. Charges are pending. A panel of experts, including from legal and academic circles, are urging the federal government to include the topic of disinformation in its future online harms bill. Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez tasked the panel to help him shape a bill that aims to tackle online abuse of all forms. But some of the expert members say it's also important that deepfake videos and bots spreading deception come within the scope of the future law. The U.S. president believes his country can avoid a recession, but polls show many Americans disagree with inflation at its highest level in four decades and plummeting stock markets. Global's Jennifer Johnson has more from Washington. America is teetering on a recession after the economy contracted in the first quarter of this year and is struggling this quarter. Inflation is at its highest level in four decades. Gas prices are at an historic high. Mortgage rates are way up and the stock market is plummeting. U.S. President Joe Biden believes the recession won't happen, but polls show Americans and business owners disagree. The high cost of living in the U.S. is also costing Biden in the polls. A new survey from USA Today shows just 39% of Americans approve of the job the president is doing. Democrats up for re-election in the House and Senate will likely pay for these economic woes with their jobs. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. Heavy security and more demonstrations are expected in Washington this week as protesters await rulings on several big cases from the Supreme Court. One decision expected soon could overturn the landmark Roe v. Wade abortion case. Also pending is a New York State case about a person's right to carry a handgun in public for self-defense. In sports, what a comeback in Hamilton. The Stampeders down 24-0 early to the Ticats came back to win 33-30 in overtime. 
on the post-game show on 770 CHQR. Go, uh, Coach Dave Dickinson speaking about his halftime message to the team. I just honestly just said, let's just keep playing, work hard, and uh, be the aggressor, see what happens. And, uh, yeah, I'm still in shock that we won the game. But. The Stamps are 2-0, and and so are the Rough Riders, who got past Edmonton 26-16. The winless Elks are here in town next Saturday for a 5 o'clock kickoff. Stanley Cup final, Colorado blank Tampa 7-0 to take a two games to none lead. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly cloudy today. Chance of showers or thunderstorms, a high of 20. Low tonight, 11. Tomorrow, much the same, a little bit breezier with a chance of showers or thunderstorms and a high of 19. Sunny and 21 on Tuesday. It's 13 degrees at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Jeff Smith. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And it is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And hopefully you have a good one and uh, get yourself a nice new shovel or something. We were going around the garden center trying to think what would be good gifts for dear old dad. And we came up with either a fountain or a, or a good quality shovel to dig that hole. <laughs> that makes everyone else happy. And we're actually going to bring Jen. She's probably been uh, roaming around the garden center uh, trying to help her kids find something for dear old dad. Good morning, Jen. Hi, Merle. I'm roaming. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Father's Day to you, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Big day. Yeah, another one. 20 20 of them now. Hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. I get a quick... I got a quick text from somebody, though. It says, hi, Merle. I think I might have scale or mealybugs on my dracaena. I sprayed it with some pure spray green and isolated. It is definitely mealybug. It's in there. But what I'd almost Mm. do with that dracaena is take it outside and hook the hose up. Or if you have a really good pressure, if it can fit in the sink. But I would take it outside and just get a little bit of a pressure nozzle and just hose all that out of there really good. Just... And then spray it one more time Um, because it's better to get rid of that. The mealybug has all that fuzz on it, and that's to help protect it from not necessarily insecticide, but it does protect it from that. It hides in there like a little shelter, and then it clings itself to the leaves and the branches, and it just sucks all the juice out of your plant. So I would take that out. Oh, they yeah, are. They're nasty, and they like <clears throat> to hide in, in uh, really, like you said, in crooks. And so look underneath the lip of the, the pot as well or just underneath the pot. They they will hide on hard surfaces too. And I think, yeah, good point, Merle. Just hose those guys off and uh, get started with that. That's the, the best attack. Yeah, even if you're spraying them, a lot of times uh, I had one of our clients and he had a whole bunch of dahlias and uh, – so I, I I was in his place and I showed him. I just laid all. His, he had a bunch of dahlias and pots getting mm-hmm. ready to plant outside, and they had white fly. So they're always underneath, like you were saying. So I just took them and I laid them on the bench, and he was able. You can spray on these benches. So we laid them upside down, and then you spray the the pesticide right underneath that way. If you if you're able to lay stuff down, mm-hmm. a lot of times you can get underneath a lot easier than trying to spray upwards, and you can yeah. get a Try and get a lot better coverage that way. So, yeah, take advantage of the the season. Hey, get them out there and get it done. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, if there's some kids or or wives and with kids that are they wake up and said, oh, oh, it's Father's Day. 
Well, what do I do? You go buy a shovel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those are nice, those Benton or Kenton Stowe. Like oh, those are. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of any of those. It, yeah. It just, when you grab that, I didn't, I haven't picked up that one for a while. I grabbed that the other day and go, go man, that's a, it's a nice feeling shovel. Like it feels like you could dig, you could dig like Superman. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, Merle, if you're wearing the cape. Yeah, that's uh, – <laughs> we have all kinds of things, uh, I, gotta, I think. I got to do that today. I got to get the cape on Put and the get cape over the backyard. Yeah, you yeah, and Brad and, yeah, all you yeah, guys, well, all you dads around here. Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're running around with our capes on and my shovel. I love it. All right. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, we, we've gone through spring. It's, it's annual season, and uh, and we've had a few people come in and already having to buy round two. Unfortunately, oh, some people get wind whipped, and some people have got hit by a little bit of hail. Yeah. But what have, what have been the most popular um, annuals this season, or or ones that have been sought after that have been hard to get? Oh, some of the ones you mean like mammulas? <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the ones that have been surprisingly popular this year that I have seen are those uh, tricolor uh, caliber coa baskets for starters. Yeah. Um, yep. people really liked those, uh, Vermillionaire, of course, um, we definitely had lots in, we don't have the Vermillionaire in now, but it's actually part of the Kufia family. So there's firecracker, um, as well as another variety of that. They attract hummingbirds and that's why people love them is the, the way the flower is shaped, you know, that kind of long tube. It's amazing how well it works. So like I, I, I was mm-hmm. sitting in my yard and then all the time, like almost every night, you also you're just sitting there and on the deck and yeah. <laughs> they're they're humming around and they're going after those canna lilies and and I, I put in some yellow um calabacoa and the that other new yellow trailing flower we got. Um it kinda had the has the really fine leaves, but bigger uh, yellow like a petunia flower almost, but not yeah, quite. Yeah, exactly. Um I think it's called lace or something, wasn't it? Lace flower, something like that, Merle. Um, really, I'm really not sure. quite Cal- neat. Maybe Lisa's listening, and she can she can let us know. Calsa, I'm t- I think of the Latin name all the time when I see that. But um, but yeah, I want to try. That, right? Yeah, I added a couple of different ones, and I added that purple salvia because it's kind of had the same shape. So I'm just curious what other – so when I'm sitting there watching the hummingbird, I'll sort of see which ones. Because definitely the it goes after the canna lilies. Love those. Yeah. And the vermilionaire. So I added a couple other ones into my hummingbird pots just to see if uh, if, if I'm going to get some. Yeah. They do love – yeah, they do love the salvia as well. Um and on on kind of odd plants that that you know were popular, one of the things I didn't know that you mentioned the other day was about those uh, begonia hanging baskets, Merle. Oh, what's um, that? The well, that they can go in the sun because a lot of people, yeah, those, those Selena, right? yeah, those ones, yeah, the dragon wings and the Selena, and that they can go in right full sun. So that's huge. That's a huge yeah. thing to know. Yeah, yeah. So those that was almost really cool. look tropical too right mm-hmm. like they're those are pretty cool looking yeah, yeah we're they've been out for a few years and um i know the city of calgary puts a bunch down by city hall right out in the full sun and and Crazy. i got mine outside in the full sun and they're doing awesome so yeah that's good to know i think that's a good tip um pansies people are still 
I don't remember any other year where people are still buying and wanting pansies well into the season, and we still have people looking. So that's another one that's been kind of a, a hot plant this year, which I don't know. That was new new for me. <laughs> well, that's good, though. Like, Yeah. Um, I think it's great, yeah. No, I'm just trying to think what else. Um, I, I, we didn't have as many of the – the potato vine, the bigger one, the impomi. No, yeah, you're right. I, that is a I wish popular we one. Had a, wish we had a bit more of that. Yeah. Um, but we, but we didn't have those. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of petunias. Obviously, the bubble gum was super popular, and those wave petunias. And again, once I well, let people know, like you can space those out eighteen inches apart. So sometimes a six pack seems expensive of those waves. Right. But when you space that out, even like every two feet, and they'll fill into each other, no problem. And so that you you get a lot, a lot of coverage from there. So a lot of um, color, right? That's we have uh, a lot of um, gorgeous, bright petunias still in right now too. So people are looking for that pop of color in the heat of summer. That'll do it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it is Father's Day, so it we have a little contest on uh, on our. Instagram and Facebook and whatever else, social media. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, we have a winner. I We do have a winner. It's actually very exciting. Um, are you announcing the winner or am I doing that? Um, well, since I'm the dad, I should maybe do it, eh? Okay, yeah, do it. All right. Brad Riddler. And, Congratulations. Uh, Brad, you just won yourself a tree. Yeah. A 10-gallon tree. Awesome? So, 10-gallon yeah. tree. So congrats to Brad and uh, happy Father's Day to him and to yes. and to everybody else who participated. We had a ton of people enter and uh, yeah, participate in our in our uh, Facebook draw, Instagram draw. So thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And nice uh, to have that. And after Jen's gone after the break, I'm going to have Mark. He's calling in from Pruned Up. Um, just we want to talk about trees and the wind damage and. And some stuff that mm-hmm. you can do to prevent that. Staking trees. We've had, I know uh, um, Brad and I were out staking a few trees for some customers. And we've been selling lots of tree stake kits and stuff like that. So we just want to talk about uh, what can be done, what should be done, and when you should just, and some stuff you might have to just cut right down. Because we oh, had quite really? a few spruce trees. Oh, yeah, quite a few spruce trees where they just get cut in half or they break in half. Mm. It just creates danger later on. Right. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So what we're going to do is uh, Mark and I are going to talk quick about that. Um, Mark's our certified arborist down at Pruned Up and uh, operations manager. So he and knows he's been out. Yeah, <laughs> and a dad. He's been going out all week um, looking at all the damage. And and I just want to say thanks to our, our existing customers that were in the queue to get done and that understood that they got – uh, postponed so we could squeeze hmm. the emergency calls in in priority. It's sort of like triage at the emergency room. That's so we nice. had to, yeah. That's so nice. just a big thank you to all you guys and thanks for your patience. I know it's frustrating sometimes when you want to see Mark out there and uh, out <laughs> in the trees on Tuesday. Now you know he's not going to come till next week or whatever. Yeah. But I do appreciate that and uh, and those people. We we had trees right on people's houses, so cars, so. Oh, the guys boy. are the guys were out working lots, getting all that done, and uh, so 
thanks for everybody for your patience and thanks to our printed up crew for working extra hard this past week and uh and getting a bunch of that stuff done and they'll continue to do that for the next week i think as well so really what uh, an awesome crew do you think we're done with the the wind i hope so i uh the worst part of it was jen is that we had all the rain yeah and what happened is that softened the ground so much and then right. when the wind came after it was a lot easier for the wind to push the trees over of because course, the ground was sense. all soft. If, yeah. it, if it was just windy and it wasn't, we didn't have that rain prior, all that rain, a lot of the trees would have been fine, right. except for some of the broken branches up top. But where it ripped them out of the ground and, and pushed them, because two of my columnar aspens I had to stake them up there. They were sitting at 45-degree angles wow. um, just from the wind. And they've been in three years, so... It's really? just the ground was so soft, and then the wind just hits those and push them over. So, Mother Nature, yeah, absolutely, wow. yeah. yeah. All right, well, Jen, I'm gonna let you go, and uh, yeah, enjoy your day down at the at the old garden center. I'll see you down there in a little while. You bet, and congratulations and, again to Brad Riddler. Yeah, he's yeah. the big Father's Day winner of a ten gallon tree of his choice. Exciting, and, thanks, uh, Merle. All right. Have a good okay. one. Bye. All right. And if you want to join me, phone lines will be open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Cowrie's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And speaking of prune it up, we got Mark Trozo from Prune It Up. Good morning, Mark. Morning, Merle. How's it going? Good. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to you and to all the other fathers out there. Hope absolutely. everyone has a special day today. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so quite the week you had this week, uh, lots of emergency calls, um, yeah. putting the normal pruning on hold for a bit and, uh, changing gears into, into, uh, uh, well, I guess we call to, it. uh, salvage, salvage mold. Yeah. So what, yeah, what was the that. biggest damage? Like just broken um, branches or ripped up trees? ripped up trees so, so we, we did come across uh, some broken branches and larger ones but a lot of it's uh, been uprooted trees so um, yeah just with the the moisture um, going from very little to a lot in a short period of time and then those high winds yeah just a bad combination and and lots of yeah. them just, uh, just uprooting like uh, yeah I, softened I it, it softened all the soil up, and that's what happened. We get six, eight inches of rain like that gets into the soil, and then it's just much softer, and it's a lot easier for the trees to bust out of that uh, than if it was the normal dry packed clay that we typically have. So exactly, yeah. yeah so just, uh, just like the trees were just almost like big sails, and and the, the wind was just so persistent that it just didn't give up on it. And, they they came over. Um, yeah, but, it just kept pushing and pushing. Like that was a strong wind and gust, eighty ninety kilometers an hour or more. So unreal. Yeah, just a little bit of deja vu feeling with going back to snow timber there. But we didn't have the high winds. But um, you know, with with wet snow, it was it was the same thing. It just it felt the same. 
But it was weird because, like, we got a lot of calls. Um, and I'm not saying that we didn't get uh, previous clients calling because we did have some. But a lot of it was was new new clients that we've never done any service for. And uh, I just think it's really because stuff, some stuff just needs to, to be cleaned out and regular maintenance uh, just needs to be done uh, a, a little bit more frequently and you'll, you'll have a little bit less damage like that. Like I know some things you can't control, but um, you know, when you're doing spruce deadwoods or you're, you're pruning for structure and doing that thinning that you need to do, um, you're less likely to see those trees blow over. So it's super important to get on a schedule and a, a regular maintenance program. Absolutely. And we tell people that like it's, it opens it up for airflow and things like that. So it's even when the wind is blowing, if you are letting a little bit more air flow through it, 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 that enables it to not be blown over because it has the proper airflow and the yep. branches that are there are nice and strong because more of the growth and the, and the energy goes into those good strong branches instead of a whole bunch of, of weaker branches and stuff like that. So, Yeah, exactly. And um, I know a lot of people were calling and are saying, oh, this tree has to come down, this tree has to come down. But we, we went out to a lot of them, and we were able to save them. Really. Uh, cabling and bracing is, is, and bolting as is is an alternative. So just really want to stress to people, what? you know, have, have a certified arborist come out and look at it to see if we can still save it because, you know, you cut it down and well, it took took a lot of years to grow that tree. And get a quote if you if somebody ever hits a tree with a car and get a quote on a, one of those like a fifteen or twenty foot tree, it's ten fifteen thousand dollars, like yeah. or more. And if you get into the bigger ones, it's twenty five thirty thousand dollars. So, um, yeah, you just don't want to be cutting those down. What happened with the one you sent me a video and it was going in the wind and had a big frost crack. But as the wind blew, you could see it open up in between the two branches. Did you guys yeah. end up bolting that one, or? So yesterday, uh, Chris Myers and his crew went out to uh, to tackle that one. Um, so we were able to go through, do some thinning, do a big width reduction because it was a co-dominant right from the right from the ground. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, they they lightened it up. They they did width reduction on it took out some dead wood, and then uh, they were able to put a, a cable in. So the cable, you know, instead of the tree working against each other and blowing in different directions, the cable helps stabilize it and, it, and it sways together in the wind rather than pulling apart and putting stress on that lower part of the tree. So we okay. put the, the, the cable in, and then we were actually able to put a few bolts in it. Um, you know, like, that, that just kind of stabilizes the trunk and allows that, that that crack to have some movement, but still stabilize it and hold it. So, you know, have us come out, take take a look. Let's see if we can save these. Uh, don't don't just so, go for the removal so right away. So, what would something like that cost? Like that tree was big. It's probably a fifteen thousand dollar tree or more. So, what 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 did it cost the customer yesterday to get all that work done? So that was a five, just under five hour job, and I. I believe it was somewhere around twelve hundred dollars to save yeah, that tree. Yeah, so um, really money well spent, and plus they got all the pruning done and bolted up. So, yep, awesome. All right, and so that's what we're just saying: is a preventative 
Um, it's just like us and our body. If you look after yourself a little bit better, you get as you get older, you thin out that pruning earlier when they're smaller makes a big difference. Um, I know like my big willows in the back, they're so strong. Like they're blowing around in the wind, but I probably had two little branches laying down on the ground, which yeah. is unusual. Willows in the wind, you get a lot of branches blown off. And I had yeah. two little ones because I know you guys were in earlier than the spring and I got my spring maintenance done on that. And you took out lots and you, right now you can even tell you can't even see through it. It's 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 That's blocking so cool. out the neighbor. Yeah, it, it looks so good. So um it's it's it, it survived that wind like nothing. And I'm down by the river, it was blowing like I said, it was bending over really good, but really all that all the weak branches were already thinned out, so really didn't have a lot to worry about. So Yeah, exactly, because you had that good structure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Mark, well, I'll let you continue on your Father's Day. Appreciate um, it. Let you guys uh, go for uh, brunch and enjoy and uh, say hi to the family, and uh, we'll chat with you tomorrow. Sounds good, Merle. You have a good day. Take care. Take care. All right. Um, and that's Mark. If you need any help with your trees, just give him a call, and you can sign up online as well. And uh, if you need help with your trees, if you've had any issues. I'm going to take a quick break, and then right after the break, I'm going to do phone calls for the next uh, hour and a half. If you want to give me a call, 403-974-8255. Partly sunny and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Jeff Smith. Another change for travelers tomorrow. The vaccine mandate in place since October 30th for people traveling by plane or train will end. But one policy staying in place is the ArriveCan app. A panel of experts, including from legal and academic circles, are urging the federal government to include the topic of disinformation in its future online harms bill. Some of the expert members say it's important that deep fake videos and bots spreading deception come within the scope of it. NATO's chief is warning the fighting in Ukraine over Russia's invasion could drag on for years. In an interview published today, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says nobody knows how long the war could last. Mainly cloudy today with a chance of showers or thunderstorms this afternoon into the evening, a high of 20 with a low of 11 tonight. Pretty similar tomorrow, a little bit gustier wind though, a high of 19, sunny and 21 on Tuesday. It's 14 degrees. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Jeff Smith. Welcome back to Last Tech Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Gord. Good morning, Gord. Good morning, Earl. Uh, I bought some Pure Safe Spray Green at uh, at your garden center, and that was okay. I use it to treat uh, cinch bugs in my lawn. So I have a Scott's hose attachment uh, that I purchased, I have had from your place. Can I use that? Like, I'm just... Yeah, absolutely. What would be the just, mix? Or um, pour it in there and turn the hose on it. Yeah, you have to set the dial. Like the dial is either one one yeah. part per liter, two part per liter. So just whatever the directions are, and then just coordinate that with your sprayer. Yeah, they weren't very. Uh, we got an attachment. The bottles have been water damaged, and I I wasn't very clear on the attachment, so I didn't know if you. Okay. Yeah, we had actually because I know some of them did get. The water yeah. stains. So we Which do have, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do have the. We were handing out the, the little paper the, slip. Yeah, I have that. Yep. 
So that should the, that has the instructions on there. It does. Of so how much per liter. liter. All right. I can use that, and I'll follow this. Absolutely. How much per liter. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that's Thank the best much. way because it makes it a lot easier. And after the rain, like I haven't done it yet, I think. Uh, that's perfect. Be... Now's a great time to do it after the rain like that. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Appreciate Take it. care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Gord. Bye-bye. All right. Going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how are you? Excellent. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Same. Got a, uh, I've got a problem at Belly Acres here with my Hawthorns. Uh-oh. I got uh, the Toba is fully leafed out. And it's in full bloom. And the snowbirds, like the buds are right. You know, they, they want to pop. I got a little bit of green, but like nothing's moved. And I got three of those. Wow. And they're all the same, eh? Yeah, um, they're all I the know same. You guys... I boosted them. Uh, I did that Rage Plus in the spring, right? Yeah. So that should be. They could have just got touched with a bit of frost early on when they were set in bud. I would just okay. be patient. I'd give another shot of water and another shot of the Rage Plus. Okay. And see if that'll push them out. Okay. And if that doesn't happen, or they, I got free. Uh, yeah, free, they free might be frost. <laughs> yeah, they might be. Uh, um, aspens, hawthorns, and some of those do that. Um, I've, I've seen quite a few dead aspens this spring because they kind of bud out early. And then yeah. when we get that late frost, and it's like the hawthorn as well, they get that. So. Okay, well, I appreciate it, and uh, keep my fingers crossed, man. Enjoy your day. Uh, okay, you too. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Thanks. Um, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And then I'm going to go to Marsha. Good morning, Marsha. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Um, my problem is similar to the gentleman's in front of me. Um, I have an elm tree. That's okay. very much the same. Like the leaves are there. They're just not quite opening yet. Yeah, the they do that other... well as well. So um, okay. it, it's just that frost that like they bud out, they start early, and then some get hit with that frost and they just, they sit. And it's, okay. and I, it, it should come. I've seen so many elves or elms pop late. So well, my what only, I, would... I have another issue though with it is. I have like an orange um, liquid that's leaking from the trunk of the tree, and it comes Was like it? wherever a branch is attaching to the tree. Oh, really? Where a branch, it, and the branch is still attached? Yeah, but it's like an orange liquid, and it's not sticky when I touch it. I, I have no idea what this is. Is it in like, a really wet area? Um, no, not particularly. Like, it's just at the front of my yard. It was planted okay, by the developer. Okay, because sometimes after a bunch of rain, did this just start after the rain started? Um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like globosa a bit. Um, and that's, it's just a way of a, and it might be really wet underground on where that one is. Okay. And what it does, it just, it's just a way of getting rid of extra water that's in the roots of that so it brings it up and it it just sweats it out sort of thing oh okay yeah okay so, so and there's not much it, it doesn't really it's more aesthetics if you want to you could just sort of wipe it off if you want to get a fungicide you could um you could spray it like even with pure spray green or copper spray okay. i have um, some but, pure spray green so i might do that yeah but. yeah but just yeah just sort of just wipe that off and and uh but what i would do is let it 
maybe dry a bit here and then give it some more of that Rage Plus. Okay. If you haven't done that yet. That makes gave, a big yeah, difference. I gave it some earlier in the spring, but... Yeah, so you might want to give it another shot right now and just try and... Because that, once it dries out and with the heat we're getting now, summertime, it's going to help force get the tissue going in the plant. Okay. So should it should help. I've seen... I feel... Um, I've seen a lot of elms sit there for a bit and then all of a sudden push in late June, even early July. So it's just uh, they get they get stunted almost from that frost. They sort of just get set back and they're like, wow. And so, okay. so hopefully, hopefully you can get that uh, to push for you. Okay, so it's just kind of a sit and wait yeah and see yeah okay. it is yeah and just even if you if it feels wet maybe just poke some holes around into the ground around the elm tree just to help well, dry that soil out underneath the elm i do have like um a, a low evergreen bush like a juniper bush yeah it grows around the bottom of the tree okay. so okay that's good though that'll help suck up a bunch more of the moisture so that's good okay Okay, yeah, so well, just hopefully it dries out. out a bit here. And uh, I haven't really seen the – are you able to text me a picture of that orange stuff to the same number? I've never really seen uh, elm spit out orange, but it sounds like it's globosa to me. But Okay, yeah, I actually I did take a picture of it yesterday, so I can do that. Okay, if you don't mind, and then I'll have a quick look at it. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thank, thank you, you so much, much. Marsha. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. If you want to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And just a quick tip, I got a, a picture of a birch tree. And it says, does it look like chemical damage? And to me, it doesn't. It just looks like a bit of dry tips. So right now is a perfect time if you have a birch tree. I Even after that rain, which was great for the birch, and they love that deep watering like that, um, give it a shot of the Rage Plus right now around the drip line. And it'll help push um, nutrients up into the birch. If there's any dead branches, it even helps push life back into some of those. And at this time of year, it loves it. And do it every couple of weeks up until mid-July. So if you do it two or three times this summer with the Rage Plus, your birch tree will love it. We just don't have that uh, Saigon or the Latox treatment for the birch leaf miner. We can do the injection, which you can book through our, our printed up where we can do the triazon treatment, but uh, we don't, you can't, we don't have the stuff you can buy, but if you keep it nice and healthy, well watered and the rage plus, it'll help battle against that uh, uh, dreaded leaf miner, which makes all our beautiful birch go brown. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Dan. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Merle. Hey, how can yeah. I help you? My my uh, question is: I, I have a uh, a rose, and uh, I, I live in a in an apartment, and uh, so the rose is in a large pot, and it's a single okay. uh, white rose, and it's it's very healthy. It's been sending out uh, new uh, shoots and and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it uh, grew five rose. Uh, 
roses uh, about uh, three weeks ago, and they haven't changed size. They're still like same size they've been for like weeks. So they're, okay. they're like uh, used to, to get those things to actually grow to open up. Um, so if it's set, but it could just, and again, we haven't had a ton of heat. So just try and make sure it's getting the most sun it can get. Um, and just keep it well watered and fertilize it with 15, 30, 15. Roses love that. Um, but let, let it dry in between water. Don't keep it wet all the time. Um, right. but the, the key is lots of sun. Um, the roses love that when they, when they'll, they'll just give you more blooms and it'll help open those up. Yeah, they, they, right. they uh, haven't. Uh, they haven't changed size like at least two weeks. Yeah, so if you're producing, and that's somewhat normal. Some they'll sit there, and like I said, it, it was pretty cool the last week, so not much happened with all the rain and all that. And so now it'll warm up here this week, and hopefully the next week. Um, so just try and get it out in the sun as much as you can, and uh, hopefully those should open up for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, I really just think if you if you got buds, which is a good sign, that means it wants to bloom for you. So um, we're halfway there. All right. Well, thanks. All righty. Uh, great help there, Merle. All right. Thanks. thanks, Dan. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you so much, and same to you as well. Um. Yes. And again, happy Father's Day to everybody. Get out, enjoy some time with your with your kids, and. Uh, and uh, and whoever, or if it's just a dog or a cat or whoever, whatever, whoever your dad to, or maybe it's just your uh, 67 Mustang that you want to take for a cruise, whatever. <laughs> have, have a good day, whatever it is you get to do. Let's go to Margo. Good morning, Margo. Hi. Um, I've got a problem with the fruit trees out in the front of my house. I've got okay. a pear, apple pear, apples. And they've got oyster scale that's now invaded, and it's actually destroyed some of the branches on the apple. And I just had yeah. it diagnosed by a professional gardener the other day, and the pear is like 30 feet tall, 25 feet tall. So what do I yeah, do? Yeah, they they love the fruit. Um, you can spray pure spray green on it um, wherever you can. If you can try and get a little bit of a pressure nozzle, you can even try and hose some of those scales off that are stuck on there. Um, okay. I get sometimes with a terry cloth, if you get like a, like a terry cloth rag and I dip that in the pierce ring and you just sort of wash the branches almost like you're scrubbing them off, but don't yep. use anything too abrasive, but wherever you can, it just, it makes all the difference and fertilize and then try and use like a rage plus as well. It's okay. just trying to fight against that. And, uh, yeah, the because scale has been will, nasty. It looks like it's going to kill the trees. Yeah, and it, and it can because what it does gets in this sucks it right off, right? Yeah. Like it takes all the moisture out of the out of the branches. This the sucks branches, everything out of it. And then they seem to deform and die. Yeah, so, that's exactly because yeah. it's just so keep them well watered. Um, I would really try and get a uni nozzle, some sort of pressure nozzle. Just spray all the branches as best you can, wherever okay. you see those little scales. Um, you can treat it with pure spray green. Um, it's just hard when they get into that shells. They're already done. You know what I mean? Well, like and it, so the gardener said to use dormant oil 
in the spring. But how do you yeah. do that? You just have to make sure feet? it's washed off. Yeah. Yeah. And that when you use that stuff, you have to make sure you wash off. That's why all the professionals actually use pure spray green. Like the guys that go out and spray, yeah. they're using pure spray green. Um, okay. And, and then once and that's, that's used, can you eat the fruit? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil. Yeah. So yeah, I use it. Um, I, I love it. Yeah, and oh. it works really good. So on those things like this, so I'd get your nozzle out, spray the branches really, really well, and then uh, they give it another shot of the pure spray green, um, and then hopefully, because the the shell should be still soft, the new ones this year. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, um, just that wash will definitely help take them off. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. Good luck. Bye-bye. Hopefully. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. It's a it's a nasty and what happens it and a lot of it is it's when trees and shrubs get left like all the cutoneasters are infested with that scale and when no one does anything and, and one of the worst areas and I not to pick on any one area but when I drive down Elbow Drive in some of the older neighborhoods between um, Anderson Road and Glenmore Trail that Elbow Drive all on there in those older neighborhoods there's lots of that asters with tons of that disease like that they need to get cleaned out taken down because all that just causes more and more and more and more so it's uh it's pretty nasty stuff so if you do have that out uh see if you can get out and, and tidy that up and uh, hopefully help so we can help curtail it's sort of like the coronavirus and <laughs> we gotta you gotta contain it so anyways enough of that uh stuff and we'll move on to something else and if you'd like to join me after the break phone lines will be wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Merle coombs and actually this texted with a joel uh, he has he's planted some trees on a hill but he says the water is in the holes which seems a bit unusual but you could have um some spots where where there's water in there but alert a large he had planted it went yellow really early but the pines and all that look good so i really don't think it's too wet if anything, I would have thought it maybe got a bit dry on a hill like that earlier on when it was planted. And uh, if anything, like the pines on the right, you have a little waterfall. I would just, again, maybe move some of the bark mulch away. And if it is wet, if you pull that one up, those root balls, it looks like it would be fairly big. It wouldn't, uh, I can't see it holding too much water on that hill. But I could be wrong, but I would uh, try to give it a little bit of Rage Plus, and I would try to just put a hose on there really slow, leak um, out really slow. But when the when the when the large goes yellow like that, a lot of times it just got dried out too early, and that would have been my first guess. Um, but I could be wrong unless there's an underground spring or. Or something like that in there. So, anyways, hopefully that helps out. And I'm going to go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Hey, uh, Merle. Yes. Um, I got this spruce tree. It's a real nice spruce tree. Took me about eight years to get it to where it is. And uh, 
Last year, I noticed it was leaning a bit. And then this week, the wind oh. pushed so hard that it was it's leaning about 20, 25, maybe 30 degrees. Yeah. And I'm kind of debating on whether to keep it or to pull it out. But last I, night... I would just get a steak. Like, if you get a couple of steaks on the opposite side, and if yeah. you try to pull it back the other way, if you could. So we pulled it back the other way yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, it looks pretty straight now, but I don't know if that's going to stay that way or if it's going to It will. You, just, you need to leave it staked for a while, though. Like, yeah. leave it staked for a year or so. Let the roots gather back in. And then maybe just dig a little bit underneath. If it, if, you, if you feel like the it's pushing, if you're just bending the tree, or if you need to dig a bit, like if it lifted up out of the ground, just dig right. on the side the where the opposite way of where it went. Empty it out so when you do pull it that way, it has room in the ground to slide over. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, right, right. I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I so the root ball lifting out of the ground a little bit. Yeah, that's you need to try and straighten the root ball. It'd be a lot better for the tree than just yeah. bending the tree. It's a small yard. I'm about two blocks away from the river, so yeah. I know when I planted it. You know, I only got down maybe two feet, maybe two and a half feet. Yeah, which and is which is fine. They have fairly re- shallow root systems and stuff. Oh. And a lot of times whenever I plant spruce trees, I always leave them out of the ground an inch or two yeah. for the root ball. Because they just, if they're planted too deep, um, pines, spruce, and all that, all the evergreens, yeah. they just don't like it. Because you'll see them typically they're growing on the side of hills and things like that. Yeah, And I they're usually the up a little bit. Too much water. Yeah, there was water pooling under the first couple, but this one's doing really well now. Yeah, so I would just try to fix that root ball and then just stake it up, give it a little bit of support for the next year, and then you, you know, hopefully you should be fine. It's about 15 feet tall now, so I'm kind of oh, nice. more worried about when it gets to be about 25 or 30 feet because it's 15 feet away from the house right now. Yeah. If so 30 feet yeah. it falls down, it's going to come down on the house. Yeah. I would, uh, yeah, just try and stabilize that root system first before bending the tree too much. So, that was it. Did you plant it in a basket or was it in a big pot? It was in a plastic pot. Okay, and and you just planted it this year or last year? Sorry, no, I planted this one about uh, eight to nine years ago. Oh, okay, so it ripped yeah. up pretty good. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, so just yeah, try to dig a little bit of that soil out where it pushed up and then some of it fell down underneath it and then see okay. if you can uh, pull it back a bit and then and then stabilize yeah, the weights. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, maybe we'll wait a year or two then. Yeah, you'll need about okay. a year at least to, to wait. Yeah, without wind. Yeah. <laughs> but stake it up. Use those. Get those good T-bar posts and pound oh, yeah. them in. Like get the six-foot ones. And pound well, it in three or four feet. This is kind of like the highlight of the front yard, though, so I don't know if I want to be putting bars in the front yard. Yeah. yeah. Might, worth a couple, though. If you pound them in nice and deep sort of thing, um, then you don't really see them that much, right? So, yeah. And it, it's worth it just for a year just to stabilize that thing. So, Okay. All right. Good. All right. Thanks for okay, my call. Take care. Thanks, Tim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And if you want to join me after the break, um, phone lines will be open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR.
Partly cloudy and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Jeff Smith. Another change for travelers this week. As of uh, tomorrow, the vaccine mandate in place since October 30th for people traveling by plane or train will be suspended. But as Global's Michael King reports, one policy that's staying in place is the ArriveCan app. It'll still be mandatory for all travelers coming into Canada. On this week's West Block, the Federal Transport Minister says that despite calls from the Border Guard unions to scrap the program because it adds time during border crossings, the use of the app will still be required. Today we have over 90% uh, compliance rate, but I know that there's more that can be done and we're working on ensuring that we can improve uh, the experience of ArriveCan. But it continues to be a critical tool to protect the health and safety of Canadians. Now foreign nationals will still need to be vaccinated to cross the border unless they are exempt. Minister Algabra was also asked about masking. He says that rule will still stay in place on planes and trains for the time being, adding it's a small measure that makes a difference in those close confines. A man is now charged with first-degree murder after the body of a woman was found in Castle Ridge Friday morning. She's been identified as 25-year-old Autumn Levi Crosschild. Calgary police say her body was found in a home on Castle Ridge Drive Northeast after police were called for reports of a person in medical distress. 24-year-old Brandon Nolan Yellowfly will be in court Wednesday. Police say this is the city's 15th homicide this year. In Falcon Ridge last night, a drive-by shooting. Now three people are in custody, according to police, with charges pending. It happened around 20 to 8 last night. Calgary police say shots were fired from a vehicle at a home on Fulton Close northeast. Nobody was injured. A Manitoba family is speaking out about online safety and a need for regulations after their teenage son fell victim to a global sextortion scheme that resulted in his suicide. I feel like he was murdered. Derek Lins is devastated by the death of his 17-year-old son, Daniel. Oh, he's so polite. He's such a pleasant guy. and uh, He's just all-around friendly. Daniel was blackmailed through Snapchat in February, and only three hours later, he took his own life. The Canadian Centre for Child Protection says sextortion has exploded across the country. The scheme is targeting teenage boys who are especially vulnerable because of their stage of development and sense of embarrassment. Jill Lynn says she hopes speaking about her son will make a difference. This is our way of fighting back against these predators that stole Danny from us. Kelly Malone, the Canadian Press, Pilot Mound. Bringing the stampede to new Canadians literally. This week, the Calgary Stampede is staging pop-up events at the homes of new Calgary families, families who have arrived in Canada over the past five years. Among them, Abid Kershid and family. I am so thankful to them, and this gives me inspiration that one day I will be the part of these volunteers, and I will serve this country. Each pop-up includes a visit from mascots and princesses, white hats, and tickets to the Stampede. In sports, big comeback in Hamilton. The Stampeders down 24-0 early to the Ticats, but came back to win 33-30 in overtime. On the post-game show on 770 CHQR, Coach Dave Dickinson was spreading around the praise, and he did single out quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell. I want to make sure people understand Bo did such a great job mm. because he, he gets a lot of things in the media. Uh, he was the guy, the catalyst. Saskatchewan got past Edmonton 26-16. The Elks are here in town next Saturday. Stanley Cup final, Colorado blank campus 7-0 to take a two-games-to-none lead. Global News Sky Tracker weather, 30% chance of showers today, a high of 20, down to 11 tonight. About the same tomorrow with a chance of showers, high 19. It's 14 degrees at 10.04, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Jeff Smith.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and got a quick call or a text disregarding all the pine cones on the spruce. I know I've mentioned it. Um, there's a couple of things. It's the really dry weather we've had the last couple of years for sure. Um, so that forces the tree to think it's going to be, it's stressed out or it is stressed out. And so it, it sends out more reproductive seeds as well. And also some insect infestations as well. Um, so things that we can do to help is get out, spray our trees down, help with that, and uh, and just do that slow, deep watering. But I'm even seeing it on trees that typically get lots of water than drought areas, like on golf courses and things like that. So I think some of it is just it's triggered by the dryness in the air, I think, as well. Um, so I'm just trying to think of a couple other reasons why um, they're just thinking they need to produce so many cones this year. I've just never really seen, you usually see it in batches where a certain area will do it and then where it's real dry or whatever, and then they, they send out a bunch. But to see it just sort of almost citywide, it's uh, it's kind of like a phenomenon in some ways. So anyways, let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hello. Hi there. Hi. How can I help you? Can you hear me okay? Of course, yes. Okay, great. I'm looking, um, I'm one of these enthusiastic new gardeners. Love that. That, that has um, skimmed off the sod on a 16 by 24 foot area, and I'm wondering how to now prep the area for vegetables and a few perennials and just kind of make it a little more interesting than just lawn. What okay. do you think I should do? So, so you've taken that out. So what I would do is, do you plan on leaving it just soil and, and cultivate it nice, or are you going to put bark mulch or, or something like that? Um, because I'm not sure where I want to put what this next year or two. I think I'm just going to leave it earth, soil. Uh, okay. Um, so what? What is it? It's a great time right now. Is you, you can get some three in one mix and maybe a couple bags of of sea soil. Just turn over your existing soil, mix in some of these soil amendments, get it ready for when you're ready to start planting. I see. So that um, I should just I have to uh, add soil to the existing uh, for it, sure. Yeah, because yeah, underneath there, there's there's probably not a whole lot in there. It's probably just a regular just the black loam that we get here in Alberta, and it's probably just a couple inches. So you probably want to make it a little bit nicer to work with. So <clears throat> make a nice edge from where you cut the lawn, and then okay. I would just add some good soil amendments. I would add, like I said, three-in-one mix. Um, sea soil would be great. Add that in there, turn it over. And then a lot of times a good way to go shopping or start buying is just take a picture of that area and then take it down to the garden center and then one of the one of the team down there would be more than happy to help fill in that space with something nice. Fantastic. Yes, that's what I'd like to do. And the other thing I have a question about is, uh, gee, it was something about um, how deep do I have to dig? In, um, on a good shovel full. Like if you sort of go the width of the or the depth of the shovel blade is kind of good, like that 12 inches sort of thing. Like turn it over first, make it nice and lumpy, then add in your add in the amendments and then just sort of work that in, turn it over a couple times. 
and then that should be great. Sure. My neighbors are wondering if I'm going to start a mud wrestling um, <laughs> a pit <in> front. <laughs> this <Nice>. week. <laughs> so, yeah, this week you could have done that for sure. You could have seen okay, tickets. Well, thanks, Meryl. I'll um, head down to the gardening center and get some other ideas on some little uh, perennials to plant throughout and then put my potatoes or beans or whatever I'm yeah. going to attempt. Okay. Thanks very All much. All right. All right. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, and Marsha, you had called earlier, and you, you had an elm tree, but actually it's an ash tree. It's a green ash, and it is leafing out um, slowly, and I see that ooze out of it, and it's sort of all over the branches um, and down the trunk. I don't really think it – I don't per se think it's orange. It's probably more of a yellowy area. And it's just on the bark, it kind of looks orange, unless I can't really see totally. But And what you have is it's a green ash, so it's just slow to come. So, again, I would just give that a couple of shots of Rage Plus. That should help push it all the way. It's just sitting there at the end there, pushing a little bit slow, where part of it is pushed out, part of it hasn't. So let's get that ash uh, continued to push out for you, and then you should be good to go. All right, and I'm going to go to Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? I have a snowball bush, and it's it's old, and it's probably 10 10 or 11 feet tall. It's blooming right now, quite pretty. It doesn't have a lot of leaves on it. I would like to cut it back, and maybe, you know, hopefully it would regenerate some new branches and stuff but I'm kind of concerned because the lower branches are not booming and don't have leaves what happens if I just cut it back after it's done blooming like two maybe three or four feet Am I yeah, you, you could you know you could do that and it'll thicken up but they typically they grow kind of spindly yes so if you do want that look and so I would recommend going to uh, underneath it, just plant a couple limelight hydrangeas or Annabelle hydrangea or a quick fire hydrangea. Oh, something underneath it, so yeah, you can still get up. the snowball to go up higher, and then you get these will bloom later on through the whole summer. Oh, okay, sounds good. They just—it's really hard to get those to grow thick and bushy. Yeah. like they. Every time I see them, they're always a little bit just that long and leggy, a little bit. Like right. they're 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 hard to get to go really, unless you do it right from when they're small. Like you trim them up a couple of times, but they just seem to want to take off sort of in that straight up. Okay, one other quick question: I have a cedar, and I think it's a globe cedar, but it's probably I don't know twelve, fourteen feet high. It's starting to you know impact the these crops and stuff. Yep. If I take a head trimmer to that, I was I just going to say to that's head? perfect. Nope, you can do that. Oh. Yeah, do that now and just just do it every spring. Go down about six eight inches below the eaves, so that way it gives you a little bit of leeway. Right. And this just make sure you do it every spring, um, and then that way you're not cutting into thicker dead wood like old wood. Oh. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thank you nope. so much. You'll be totally fine. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Thanks, Margaret. Bye bye. All right, 
And I should probably take a break here. Actually, yeah. No, actually, I got time for one more. I'm going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Uh, good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help good. you? Good. Happy Father's Day. I have a quick Thank question so then before your news. I'm on, an, I'm on a farm here just south of Claire's home, and I've got, you know, lots of shrub beds, and I've got about 50-some planters and whatnot. And this is the worst year I've ever seen for ants. When you go to dig something, there's ants all over. There's there's eggs in the ground. And do Is we this just from being so dry? Thing, or what do we do with them? <laughs> yeah, I, and just... It's just from everything being so dry, right? They just okay. they're just moving in because it's it's easier for them to work in the sod areas and things like that. Because right. it's a little bit shorter, and they can just come in and it's nice and dry, and they just got that fresh loam, and they just go in there, move in, and yeah, exactly. And, no, would, well, we got about three and three quarter inches of rain down here, which was such a blessing for the farmers and whatnot. But yeah, like any little crack in the concrete or cement or anything, there's just little mounds everywhere. So. You know, I spray them out, but I was just wondering when you, you know, like the the ground is just full of their little eggs, and so just leave them do their thing, then, eh? Well, that or you can use like the ant out, or you could spray them with something. Yeah, but there's um, so many. Like I've got about 13 shrub beds, and and uh, like I said, all these planters, and they've if even. If you want to water a little bit more, yeah. Um, if you have if you have the if you have access to water a bit yeah. more. Um, just keep it a little bit moister. They don't like that. So, yeah. Well, they wouldn't like it this last week, but anyways, well, I yeah, just wanted to but, ask you that question. Uh, yeah, you that's know, I, why you're starting many. to I, see I can't them. go around and, and do all these shrub beds and stuff, but I no, guess but they'll just kind of live in the ground and do their thing more. then, eh? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much then. Have a good right. day. You too. Thanks, Lorraine. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to... Let's talk gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone actually phone lines, there might not be any spots, but we're we're full, but just keep trying, 403-974-8255. I got a text here. Good morning. Do you have any favorite books that you'd recommend for calorie gardening? And there isn't a lot, but I do like there is the I think the Calgary Hort Society has one. And then also the Millerville Hort Society had one called Gardening Under the Arch. I'm not too sure if it's still available, but a lot of times I have heard of it being found at used bookstores or different areas like that where you can find because it is hard to get books for just our area. Most of them are um, BC or Vancouver or different places, so or Ontario. But that one, uh, Gardening Under the Arch, is a great one. And uh, so get, have a look at that. And I believe, um, and Janet Melrose, they just came out with a, a couple gardening books for our area as well. And if you're listening, Janet, or if you want to send me a text uh, just to remind me on those, that would be great. And and to Cass Smythe, Lisa said they found a whole bunch more of those tomatoes you're looking for if you, if you need any more. So just pass it on some more messages um, to the Hort Society people. All right, I'm going to go to Anne. Good morning, Anne. Hi, Merle. Hi, how can I help you? 
Um, we have a weeping birch in, a, in the backyard. It's about 24 feet high. And the last couple of years, um, like there's dead branches and the leaves don't seem to um, get very big on it. Uh, is there anything you can suggest or should we just take it down? No, the birch, it, do, it does need that extra water. And it probably needs a good thinning out as well, like if it hasn't been done. So if you want to give someone like Mark a call, you come out and have a look at it. But I would do that, get a soaker hose, put it around the drip line, and okay. then give it a really good shot of Rage Plus. It'll okay. push life back into that. A big birch like that, yeah, you don't want to cut it down if you don't have to. I, I, I really love the tree itself, but I, I just noticed, like I, I say, know. the last two years, is it's just been dreadful. Yeah, so even underneath it, if you if you have grass, if you want to just even remove the grass and and make a nice bark mulch bed underneath it, like a big tree well. Okay. Um, that's actually very helpful. It helps hold the moisture in. Birch love that, and and they love the Rage Plus. So I can't say that enough. Like just um, water them really well and, and get the soap rose out. You yeah. have Rage Plus it, at, at the shop, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. and the one bottle, the one liter bottle makes 333 liters, so it goes a long ways. Um, but uh, the birch trees, uh, like I said, they love that. And that's Excellent. It's just because it's been so dry lately, and it's been hard for the birch to take the moisture all the way to the top. So the tree starts dying from the top and losing branches and stuff like and that. And that's so. exactly what's happening. Yeah, no. And that's can you what they do. use Rage Plus on uh, May days and things like that too? Absolutely. Yeah, you can okay. use it on everything. Yep. So we'll stop by today. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Ann. Bye bye. Okay, take care. Bye bye. All right. And actually, I took did I, did I take my twenty break already, Renee? I think I did. Right. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to the finest look down. Usually, I leave at. I right, take a break at ten twenty. And uh, I, I left out a little bit early today. But let's go to the phone line. Let's go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how can we help you? Merle, I uh, wanted to talk to you about some of your eco-lawn gas, grass seed. Okay. Uh, I top-dressed my uh, septic field here uh, last year with about three truckloads of screened loam because it was starting to sink a little bit. Yep. And uh, on the 4th of May, I put down uh, your uh, eco-lawn grass seed, mm -hmm. uh, lightly raked it, uh, watered it good, and uh, since then it's been sort of raining off and on, but I've got absolutely no sign of any green or uh, germination at all. Okay, it does take a little bit while to germinate. That fescue does take, and it needs to stay fairly moist. It it does take a little bit longer to germinate, and it that is the one downfall of that fescue blend. Okay, and it does need to stay. Try and keep it as moist as you can. Well, it's certainly and, been moist this last yes, little while. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it but was, before it was the fourth of June, sorry that I put that down. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, you're yeah, that's still a couple of weeks only. So, yeah, so just. And with that moisture, that would have helped soften up and get it going. So just don't let it dry out here. Like when we get a bit of heat, just just keep it fairly moist. Water it once or twice a day if you can, and uh, and just keep at it. But it, it it'll start germinating here soon. And oh. now that we'll get a little bit of heat, so okay. 
And one other quick question. I have a bunch of uh, northwest poplar trees in my tree line here, mm-hmm. and a number of them are dying down from the top or completely dead. Do you think that's the dryness over the last yep, couple of years? Yeah, that's, again, desiccation. They start shutting down. When you see bigger trees dying from the top, they basically, it's just Mother Nature. They shut down because where, where the water can't reach to, and that's the furthest point, right? Right. So when it can't make to the top, it just starts shutting down those parts of the tree, and then it'll slowly die down. So slow, deep watering if you can. Um, on tree lines, I recommend if you can um, put bark mulch underneath them, makes a big difference, holds the moisture in, and those drip lines help out. Um, you can put those emitters down for yeah. your trees. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard, right? And if they're if they're decent trees, it's worth the it's worth the investment. Right. And the ones that are dead at the top, can I top them? I know you're not supposed to pollard poplars yeah, anymore, but yeah, you're not supposed to. But yeah, sometimes you have to do what you got to do if you got to get up there. Just make sure, like when you're doing the cuts, look at where you're cutting it, and so it's going in the right direction, and that you're not going to create uh, a dangerous spot later on. Right. Okay, well, Merle, thank you very much. I'll, I'll wait patiently for your Ecolon to, to take yep, off keep, on me. Keep it moist. That That is the only downfall to Ecolon. It does take a little bit longer to germinate, but just be patient and, and just keep it moist. And with the heat, hopefully we'll get here soon. Um, you'll start seeing it sprouting up. Right. So when you say a little bit longer, are you talking weeks it takes? No, a couple more weeks, and that's it. Like It sort of takes in that three to five weeks, typically, Um to to germinate and we haven't had a ton of heat and with that moisture that would definitely have helped and so you should start seeing something like i said in the next week or so okay merle thank you so very much yep thanks doug appreciate it okay bye-bye bye-bye all right let's go to arlene good morning arlene good morning how are you i'm doing great how can i help you and thank you so much i appreciate that Thank you. Okay, I have a huge tree. I have a kind of um, that's been here for well, I'm 88 years, and the thing was head and shoulders above the telephone lines then when I was a kid. <laughs> nice. It's really old. It's 40 inches in circumference. Okay. And what kind and, of tree is it again? Sorry. Oh, it's an old spruce tree. Or, oh, okay. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. Anyway, I think it was a seed from when the stagecoach days used to go through over by my school, the Lone Pine School. Anyway, it got hit with lightning, and it got hit with the ice storm that we had here several years back. And that thing was leaning over the highway. We thought for sure we're going to have to cut that thing down because it's going to fall on a car going by. And we just left it alone, and it straightened up all by itself. (laughs) It has a will to live. It must have, because the thing is really old, and the lightning is straight down right from the top to the bottom. Well, as far as I can see at the top, because we've not been up that far. But that gentleman that called about the leaning of it, it came back by itself. There's no way that we could... uh, you know, stake it back because it was too big. The roots yeah, of that no, no. tree are as big as some of the other trees that are. Yeah, no, no, on something like that, yeah, you definitely can't. It sounds like he's able to to hopefully get down a little bit and uh, 
and and dig down and just it's just trying to stabilize the roots if if possible but yeah. uh well that's that's very and the tree's still nice and healthy today well it's growing Arlene. again i mean where it got hit with lightning and everything and the top got zapped off it's growing again <laughs> awesome well that's great has the, like you said that one has the will to live which is a good thing yeah and i guess he's pretty old <laughs> that's that's good all right. Well, thanks for sharing that, Arlene. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thank you. thank you. And keep it up. Bye -bye. Thanks, Arlene. Bye-bye. All right. I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Partly cloudy and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning. From Global News, it's 1030. I'm Jeff Smith. Another change for travelers this week. As of Monday, the vaccine mandate in place since October 30th for people traveling by plane or train will be suspended. One policy staying in place, though, is the Arrive Can app. It'll still be mandatory for all travelers coming into Canada. Three people are in custody after a drive-by shooting in Falcon Ridge last night. It happened around 20 to 8 on Fulton Close Northeast. Calgary police say shots were fired from a vehicle at a home, but nobody was hurt. Charges are pending. Parks Canada says it will closely monitor a grizzly cub whose mother was fatally struck by a semi in Jasper National Park late Thursday. The cub was located early Friday and appeared to be doing well. Parks Canada says the cub is old enough that it's likely learned some of the tools needed to survive on its own. And removing or relocating bears can increase the potential for conflict with other bears. A search continues in Saskatchewan for a teenager who disappeared while swimming with a group as the weekend was getting started. RCMP say five teens were walking and swimming at a beach near Buffalo Pound Provincial Park late Friday afternoon when the wind and waves swept one of them out into the water. Police and search and rescue crews from Moose Jaw, along with Stars Air Ambulance and conservation officers, all attended the scene. Lightyear did not go to infinity or beyond in its first weekend in theaters. Pixar's first major theatrical release since March 2020 blasted off with $51 million in its first weekend in North America. That is lower than expected, and it failed to conquer Jurassic World Dominion, which held on to the first place spot with $58.7 million in its second weekend. Mainly cloudy today with a 30% chance of showers or thunderstorms this afternoon and into the evening, a high of 20 a low of 11 tonight, tomorrow partly cloudy with a 30% chance again of showers or thunderstorms and a little bit breezier than today, a high of 19, Tuesday sunny and 21. It's 15 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Jeff Smith. Welcome back to Let's Suck Gardening, and Let's Suck Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And um, I'm going to do one quick text here as it's very relevant uh, to right now. Merle, how to deadhead petunias, cut stem or pull flowers? Happy Father's Day or Happy Dad's Day. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that. And at this time of year, deadheading is starting to uh, take place. And it's very important to deadhead all your annual flowers for the most part. When you see them starting to, to wilt up on you, on the petunias, I take them off just below the flower. Like, and get that little green part. Like, just just where the stem starts, I just pinch those off and break those off. Because um, in my mind, it has that little seed pod in it. And you want to get rid of the seed pod. Because, again, that tricks it into saying... It needs to produce more. 
So if you just pick those off, um, you should be fine. Some of the newer varieties, like the waves and that, you don't need to do any deadheading or very little, and uh, and they'll just keep pushing out flowers like crazy. But uh, and same with all. I, I know I talk about candle lilies. Same, just when they start fading, that's the best time to cut them cut them off. Go outside and cut those. Take off any of the old flowers you get, and your plants will just send out more and more and more. So super important, and uh, and your plants will reward you with lots of. Uh, great blooms all summer long and then start your feeding on your flower pots sort of once a week you want to use a 15 30 15 or a 20 20 20 um, that will ensure you have lots of energy in those roots to produce those blooms for the rest of the summer water your plants well first before you fertilize and uh, that way you won't be burning any roots and that should uh, that should work out great for you let's go to bob good morning bob Good morning, Merle. Uh, got a question for you with regards to my Virginia creeper. Uh, okay. with, with this uh, big wind we had, part of the top fell over, and now it's entwining into the middle part of it. Uh, do I have to wait till the fall to get it trimmed? Or no, if you want to trim it out now, you can do it any time with those because they're they're pretty vigorous growers. So oh, if okay. it's tri- if it's gone into there, if it's not working out, <coughs> sorry, you can trim it up anytime. And 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 oh. also right now, you might want to start spraying it with the pure spray green if you get those um, those little flies on them all the time. Right on, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right now, I have those. that done regularly on it. Okay, perfect. Okay, and now if I'm when I trim it, will it uh, stop growing at that height and simply fill out, or because I've no. got it going up my chimney and I've got chicken wire up to about 15, twelve feet and nothing up above it, so I think that's it'll what happened. It'll keep going. Yeah, it can keep going though. Like oh, it will. Eh? Yeah, okay. it it'll, and it and it's pretty good at hooking into masonry. So if it's brick or whatever, it, it's um, stucco. So there's not yeah, much so, to grip. But is it the okay. new stucco, like the acrylic stucco? No, it's the older. Well, the house was yeah. built in '92, so I'm yeah. not sure. Depends if it's if it's that older, grittier stucco. Um, they can get in there pretty good still. Okay. Um, the new acrylic stucco, they have a lot harder time. Right. Um, on. Grabbing on to. So. Okay. Thank you so much, Merle. All right. Thanks, Bob. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. And I'm just, uh, you know, sometimes when you know what Zach you're talking about, I'm going to talk about those little green flies that come up on the on the Virginia creeper and the hops at this time of year. Leaf hoppers, that's what it is. Um, so if you have any of those, right now is when you want to start spraying those with the pure spray green sort of weekly until about mid to end of July, and uh, and that will help keep those leaf hoppers at bay. Because as soon as we start getting the heat, and that's what makes the leaves go all brown on you. So if you spray them, kind of give them that shot once a week, it, it definitely makes a big difference on the look of your Virginia creeper. So that way, when you get into fall, it's still going to look really nice for you. All right, I'm going to go to Jelaine. Good morning, Jelaine. Good morning, Meryl. Appreciate your show very much. I I love doing it, so thanks for listening. Good. Um, I'm wondering um, about the dark brown soil that's formed after about 15 years of shredded uh, tree branches. Yep. Um, Beautiful soil. Now, can that, I, I have a feeling that soil would be very acidic, but 
can it be used anywhere or? Oh yeah, I would just mix it into your existing flower beds or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It It'll would be never be too acidic at that point. No, it should be fine. Totally okay, fine. good. Yep. That's all I yep. wanted to know. Thank you. No. No, that's just good old natural compost. So that's perfect. Oh, it's so. wonderful. It's just absolutely beautiful soil after about 15. It takes a lot of years, but it is beautiful soil. All right. We'll enjoy Thank that. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks, Jelaine. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, Merle. Hi um, there. I have some broad beans in the containers that are doing very well. They're about two feet high right now. Um, I've never fertilized them. Is it too late to do that? Or no, it's actually a good them? time. Yeah, no, you should definitely start fertilizing. Um, and you could just use a granular or the 15, 30, 15. Like oh, just that, the regular, the regular, the same as plants, are right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, 15, 30, 15. Yep, that'll be perfect. Okay, great. Then that's all I need to know. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Sylvia. Bye-bye. Bye -bye. All right. And if you want to join me after the break, phone lines will be open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I just got a call regarding or a text regarding ladybugs. Um, we're hoping that they'll come in this coming week. We will hopefully have our ladybugs finally. It's been uh, forever, so hopefully we will have those uh, ladybugs coming in, and uh, and hopefully they'll be able to look after all those aphids and that we have everywhere. But let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to uh, Joanne. Good morning, Joanne. Hello? Hi, Joanne. Hi, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Uh, about four or five years ago, we planted some Burberry bushes. And they've only grown about two inches. What okay. are we doing wrong? We have fertilized. We've watered. They get lots of sun. I don't know what else to do. Um, What variety of Burberries are they? Oh. Uh, Japanese. If they're the okay, if they're the Concord, or if they're the Japanese Concord, they're supposed yeah. to be sort of a red and white. Yeah, yeah, oh, those they're more burgundy. They're all burgundy. So you might have the Concord, which stay very small, like okay. they only get like uh, about a foot high, maybe eighteen inches. Well, I was sure when I when we bought them, it said three to four feet. Okay. Yeah, it depends on what variety you got, um, mm -hmm. but it. I'm almost thinking if they're just staying really, really small, you might just have um, um, the Concord variety. Do they look healthy other than just not yeah. growing? Big? Well, a lot of dead stuff in the spring, and I wait to see yeah. what grows, and then I trim it back. That's the one thing with the barberries. I just, ours had the same thing. It had a ton of dead with that. And they're such a pain to clean out because of all the thorns. So right, they're, right. They're a little bit nasty. Um, again, with those, water in really well in the fall. And uh, do you have bark mulch underneath them or anything? I'm sorry? Do you have bark mulch in the bed with them or is it straight soil? It, it's No, there's mulch. Okay, that's good. Just try make sure you water them in really good in the fall. Okay. Um, fertilize. Um, like you said, you're already doing that. Um 
if they're if they're relatively healthy, you could have just. And what location are they? At? They're well. They get sun all day. Okay. About noon yeah. till six. Yeah. My one thing is they might not be getting enough water. That would be the one thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I know when I when I sorry to interrupt when I first got them, I used like a coconut compost. Yeah, that cocoa core. Yeah. Yeah. So that was okay. Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. And that what helps fertilizer hold the moisture. should I use? Just I would just use like a twenty twenty twenty. Okay. That. Yeah. I just bought some down at your place the other day. Yep, twenty 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 is great. Um, I would just think you probably need to water a little bit more often. Maybe water them sort of once or twice a week at least. Okay. Just that slow deep watering, give them a good shot, and yeah. uh, especially in that kind of heat, um, that should help out hopefully. Yeah, my neighbor has one, and it's three to four feet tall, but it's got more of a green leaf that turns yeah. red in the fall. Yes, yeah, that's the other variety. But there okay. is, like you said, the Concord. It just stays like that. 12 to 18 inches, quite small. Okay. It just forms a nice little ball, deep, deep purple. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You have to throw them out front and get something else. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> okay. You have a great All Father's right. Day and thank you for your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right. And where am I at? I'm going to go to Maryland. Good morning, Maryland. Hi. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Um, I planted some. Well, I'm starting to uh, try and do a little bit of gardening at the age of 80, and uh, so I have to have nice. things that don't take too much work. <laughs> and the other thing is I do not have a green thumb. I kill everything except my Christmas cactus. But anyway, I planted some raspberries last fall, and I had, the, had them from a neighbor, and it was I had them for quite a while before the place uh, spot was ready to put them in. And so I've got about, I don't know, 10 or 11, <clears> and I've got... A sprout on one of them and I've been waiting and waiting and I think maybe I don't need to wait anymore because I don't know are they likely to come at this point it's you know it's been all spring and they were planted planted fairly late <coughs> in the fall is there any chance they might still sprout I only want um, it's got a sprout on it they should be coming by now um I would just water them really well and yeah it sounds like maybe they just didn't take um and when they're pulled up, maybe they got dried out a little bit too much in the fall. And I had them I'm, quite, I'm, although I, they were in a plastic bag, green plastic bag, and I kept them wet. But, you know, they were out of the ground for quite a while. Although people tell me there's you can't kill them, but Yeah, they, they can. If they get dry or sometimes too wet, they'll just sort of rot away kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, so chances yeah. are the only one that's going to take is maybe the one that does have a shoot on it. Yeah, so you maybe want to try and grab another, try and pick up a pack or a pot of them and uh, add a little bit more to them. Right, right. I do have another one from a neighbor, so I'll maybe dig those up and put them in. Okay. And I have a bunch of trees. Um, uh, well, I have a whole bunch of spruce trees, but then I've got a couple of lilacs, an apple, a crab apple, and I don't know what the other one is. <clears throat> and it's a very, very shady area, and so nothing has been done with this place for many years. So I have worked diligently to try and get rid of dandelions and quack grass. And, but I have all of these suckers. I had all of the, the bigger suckers removed this spring, but it's the ones that go through the ground. And I don't know if there's anything I can do with those. 
No, other than digging them up, like get a machine out there, like a bobcat, and just sort of do a big root cleanup. Well, I'd probably kill my trees. Yeah, but if, like you said, if it's planned, you sort of you do the ones you'd stay away from certain areas. Um, but if it's out in the middle of the yard, usually there's enough root structure well, yeah, to be able to take it. Well, yeah, this isn't out in the middle of the yard. This is kind of under the trees because it's a real shady area. So I want to plant some, um, uh, you know, some ground covers in there. I mean, I do. There is already some lily of the valley, and I think they're thriving much better since. Yeah. So what I would just do is add mulch underneath there, then, like either just bark mulch or try and add a bit more soil underneath those areas, then. And uh, if it's right underneath the trees, yeah, definitely. You can yeah, it's sort out. of all over, and I want to, uh, like, say, try and maybe put some ground covers in there. And I heard somebody yep. phone in in about some books, but I, I found Lois Hole's books very handy. Yeah, those are good as well. And, and give me, you know, lots of information. So, um, and I was going to, I thought of putting some snow of the mountain in there until I read that it is incredibly invasive and I don't yeah, need to do that to my yeah, neighbor. Yeah, weed, it's very invasive. So It's very invasive. But so. a lot of those sedums and all that will do perfect because they have very small root systems, so they'll do well, as long as they get enough sun. Uh, and it, this area is pretty shady, so. Yeah, so maybe you want to stick with some ferns and a few other ones that can do better oh. in the shade. Okay. All right, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Marilyn. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I got a quick text. Hi, Merle. We just finished laying sod in my daughter's yard. How much watering will this need, and when do we mow, and when can we walk on it? That's the key. Stay off it for the next couple of weeks. You probably want to water it um, two to three times a day, um, sort of 20 minutes, um, 20 minutes per cycle, <clears throat> three times a day for the for the first week, and then go down to just twice a day for a few days after that. And then the third week, you can just go back to the once a week. You almost, you should be able to walk on it in the third week, and you should be mowing it by then. Um, I would recommend using our Green It Up lawn fertilizer. It really works well on sod to get it going like crazy. And <clears throat> as much as possible, do stay off it, because when you're watering this much, until it roots in. Um, it's that mud pit underneath, and you'll create holes, and you'll have lumpy sod, which you don't want. So just uh, water it uh, a fair bit, like I said, that three times a week, or three times a day for the first week, twice a day for the second week, and then the third week, you can just go to back just uh, once or twice a week, should be lots, and just into a normal sod rotation, and you should be mowing it probably the third week, second to third week, Um you should be able to start mowing it. So as soon as it starts growing, you'll see it take off. And uh, But before you mow it, make sure you don't water as much that day. Let it dry out and harden off on you so that way you can walk on it. But you should be good to go on that. Let's go to the phone line. Let's go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Oh, good morning. Um, my daughter bought a new home in Canmore last fall, and the builder's idea of landscaping was to plant a tree and a couple of shrubs, and they put down grass seed in the late fall. 
so now in the <laughs> spring, um, my daughter is out of the country traveling, and we've been checking her house out once a week. And the, the yard is just hardly any of the grass has come up. And we were out early spring watering, uh, but it's full of weeds. And she's got people coming this weekend to rent it out for a month or and a half. So we're just wondering if we should take a lawnmower and just cut down the weeds, or would it be better just to pull them out? Um, no, you can, just mow, you can just mow them down. Is there any grass coming up at all, or is it just weeds? Just a little teeny bit here and there, not very much. <laughs> yeah, weeds hate being mowed, and grass loves it. So... Um, so you might want to just mow all the gra- the weeds down, yeah, and and then maybe add some more grass seed. The guy probably didn't put a whole lot, right? And and then it does need to get watered almost every day, though, like into summer. If you water early spring, there probably wasn't enough heat to germinate. Okay. So right now is when you you got to make sure you're watering it every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> that might yeah, not mo- be happening. <laughs> yes. These these daughters, eh, they do that. And they, I know. Uh, what I'm thinking is once she gets back, she's going to have to deal with it. And I'm thinking probably xeriscaping would be a better idea. Yeah, absolutely. Has- if you're renting it out and if you're not going to be there all the time, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that would be like, you know, stones and then uh, dry yeah, or weather. Bar- or plant- <laughs> yeah, or even, even bark mulch the whole area. And just put some plants, put a few boulders around. Looks nice in Canmore. Okay, um, that's kind of what I would do. Is this? Yeah. yeah. And before put, you put the bulk march down, would you have to put that? Uh, weed no, cloth? just spray it all with Roundup first. Okay. Yeah, but just spray the whole put... area with Roundup and no fabric. No fabric. Only if you're going to do rock. If you're doing rock, put fabric. If you're putting bark mulch, no, no fabric, because okay. the mulch will stick to the soil. Uh-huh. And 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 creates a weed barrier that way. Um, okay. Yeah, and it, if it's sitting on top of fabric, it just blows away. Oh, it yeah, and it's get very windy up there, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. So that's, yeah. So no. would you use, like, the chunks of bark or the... Uh, no, I would use the shredded bark Shredded. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. That sounds good. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Sorry, I wasn't able to get to the last couple callers, Brad, Sid, and Tom. Um, hopefully, you guys call back next week. Um, till then, and happy Father's Day again to everybody. Have a great day. Until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.